Natural Language Processing, or NLP, sounds cool in theory, and we're all familiar with Siri and some of the applications from larger companies, Amazon's Echo not too long ago, uh, but where does NLP play its role for other companies? I figured we'd bring on uh, Mattermark uh, to help answer that question. We speak today with Samir Rahman, uh, who I recently saw speak in San Francisco, and we're lucky enough to have on the program today. He's a data engineering lead with Mattermark. Mattermark's entire business model is predicated on organizing and making findable plenty of information. In this case, information about companies, foundings, number of employees, uh, specific business events about particular organizations. Mattermark provides businesses with a platform to search companies by criterion that you otherwise would not be able to find in one common place online. And doing that involves some interesting conceptual work with NLP to make things findable. Uh, Samir talks about what they're doing at Mattermark, as well as where he thinks the field might head in the future and highlights some other interesting and fruitful business applications of NLP that I think will be interesting for uh, some of the investors and, and founders who might be tuned in today in this, this week's episode. So without further ado, Samir with Mattermark. So Samir, uh, I wanted to go first into a topic you brought up off mic around natural language processing. Uh, what Mattermark does, obviously, you have to be collecting a lot of relevant information around a lot of companies and a lot of industries, and sorting all that um, is a tough gig. Uh, natural language processing is a big part of that. Give us some context as to how you guys are leveraging it now. I think this would be insightful for the people tuned in. Yeah, awesome. So we use natural language processing in a lot of different ways at Mattermark. We are collecting text-based information about companies from news media, from um, from their websites, from descriptions that they put on their uh, Twitter profile, their LinkedIn profile, or wherever. And you know, collecting all this text information, we actually can do a lot. So uh, we have like let's say 80 different industry classifiers that are um, kind of models that predict if a company is in in an industry or not. So mm-hmm. it's not a you know, if we were trying to do that by hand, uh, we'd have to be paying a lot of data analysts to go through a million and a half companies yeah. to predict if they're in one of 50 industries or not, right? So obviously, we wanted to make that an automated process. So we built a lot of classifiers um, to, to use the natural language processing there to predict if a company is, a, you know, like an enterprise software company or a gaming company, something like that. Um we also use natural language processing to take news uh, text from news articles that we we bring in like ten thousand articles a day from various sources like TechCrunch to like New York Times to Tech in Asia things like that. And um, taking those news articles, we predict which company is the subject of the news article. So that then um, our customers can follow the news news about a company. But more than that, we actually can take the news that's tagged to a company and then extract interesting information from that. So, for example, let's say Crowdflower recently have like six or seven news articles come out about its $10 million funding round. Yep. Um, and we actually have like automated information extraction algorithms that can take out the like important pieces of that and find out that it was a $10 million Series D from Trinity Ventures and Microsoft and Canvas Ventures. So like you know, we, we extract the things that our customers are, you know, looking for in the company's information straight from news articles. And 
we also use a, a similar way, a similar modeling system to our industry tagging to predict what companies are similar companies to each other. So, like, you know, our customers can easily do uh, competitive analysis and stuff like that. Um, and finally, we use natural language processing to do our semantic co conceptual search. Um, you know, if someone is looking for, let's say, sharing economy companies, uh, you know, Uber, Airbnb, all these companies should be coming up, right? So just rather than just looking for that phrase somewhere in the company's description, which wouldn't really work, which is like the standard search me yep. methodology, yep. we're kind of like projecting companies into a uh, kind of conceptual vector space and then uh, matching the query to that and finding the companies that match that. And that that's a very tough problem, right? Because hypothetically, you know, as this this problem sort of illustrates, you there are there are no fifty industries where all companies fit in, you know, nice and neat, right? And and right. If, if there were, there would be another you know million ways to slice it. So um you're you're talking about sharing economy, we could refer to Uber as you know, a transportation company, we could refer right. to Uber as a Silicon Valley, you know, startup, as a unicorn, as a, you know, whatever we want to call it. So, um, so it sounds as though what the system is having to do is pick up via context. And I imagine this has to do with not only, like you said, the text on the website, which would be somewhat primitive, but, but has to pick up on context from other news articles or reference links to that company to see, should this show up when someone says sharing economy or not? What informs that show up or not process for you folks in the in the conceptual space right so if you think about all the information that we're collecting about businesses we have like news articles that's coming about uh, out about them um we have uh information on their web pages like their about page and their front page we have information from the job descriptions that they post we have a we collect that too um and then we also have uh like descriptions about the company from different social media sites. So we have how they describe themselves too. So this is a lot of text about companies. Now, if we took that text and we um, vectorized it, so like projected it onto some mathematical space using some of these natural language processing techniques, like maybe LDA or LSA, we in particular found that um, word vectors and paragraph vectors were the ones that worked really well to... Um, it's a new technique that's come out in the last few years to um, kind of generalizably vectorize a, some sort, some amount of text. So we take, we can take that text and then put it into some space where we also take the query um, that someone is asking, like sharing economy, yeah. and then vectorize that. And then we basically look for all the companies within some radius of that query in that space, and. That, is, that kind of gives it like, oh, okay, these companies are um, conceptually close to uh, the concept that you're querying because the, the way the modeling works in Doctivec or Paragraph Vectors or whatever, uh, these newer modeling techniques actually um, are, are able to capture concepts too, not just uh, the fact that the phrase was mentioned yeah yeah and, and that that is challenging because maybe the phrase is never mentioned even in articles describing the company but if you can pick up by like you said the context of that concept uh that that is 
that sounds like something that requires oodles of tinkering. I saw you at the um, uh, the Hackers.ai conference in uh, in San Fran talking about um, how you've had to tinker a lot with search sort of in general. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like this kind of a process with concepts, you, pr- you had to test method one, you know, enter 20, 30, 40, a bunch of searches and have humans look at it and say, hey, guys, d- does any of this make sense or not? Where do we seem to be? off or on. So it sounds tremendously iterative, if I'm not mistaken here. So in a way it is um, to kind of tune into the best possible, like, let's say I'm projecting a company onto some space and then I'm projecting a query onto some space. Now, what are the the most relevant companies? Um, How far away, well, like how big of a radius do I actually show the results from? Yeah. So there's a lot, there's some sort of tuning there, but it actually, like if you, if you did the right things to train on your um, representative corpus, like in our case, we trained on 5 million articles about tech companies and or not just tech companies, just businesses in general. And if you, if you're, if you try out a bunch of different techniques and you ha- you really need to have some sort of test set so that you can say, oh, this one does work better. Um, it's not as much about being iterative as much as having some sort of empirical test to say, oh, this this search algorithm is better than what we had. Yeah, yeah. So it has to be more than, hey, guys, you, hey, Steve, you go look through all these and tell me on a 1 to 10 how you feel about them. And then, right. Bill, you go look at these and tell me on a 1 to 10. That's, that's not really accurate. When you said something mm-hmm. more accurate, you know, the, 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 the corpus that you were basing this off of, you would come mm-hmm. up with some kind of baseline or scorable way off of that initial set? Yeah, so, so we had a lot of, um, you know, we, we'd had search before at Mattermark, and it was just based off of standard off-the-shelf technologies like Elasticsearch. Yep. So... We knew um, what our customers were searching for. So we kind of took that information like, okay, so here are the top five search phrases. And then here's some, here's 15 other random ones uh, from what people have searched. And then why don't we uh, kind of find the company that are repre- should be represented in that search? Like if, I, if, if someone were searching AI companies, what results do you expect so we have a data team go and um kind of do the research got it okay come okay. up with a result set yep. that should be expected yeah because there would have to be at least you know like like you had mentioned to, to get that baseline there would have to be some initial uh human effort i think it, it, it would of course be be terribly hard to have a machine do that initial broad conceptual work i guess you did need the data team to go hard on on those articles but once you had that then you could say hey this is how really smart folks who get the space would score it, who are on the data team, and we've nailed this for you know all of this information. How does uh, you know paragraph vectors or uh, sentence vectors right. or you know or or your old Elasticsearch methods? How do those right. kind of match up? Okay, understood. Exactly. Cool. And it sounds like that's an important thing. And I always try to think about transferable sort of lessons. It's it's curious to hear how different companies are leveraging machine learning in different ways. Um, but it sounds as though for anybody who's going to be implementing something uh, NLP-wise, if, if, you know, it would sound unwise to have no way 
of really hammering it down objectively and to, to, to go kind of right back to human intuition to say which one is better. It sounds like anybody who wants to take this seriously would have to have that baseline kind of tagged and flagged by smart humans. Right. Um, I kind of think of it as you should treat it, treat it like science. Um, you know, you, you got to come up with your hypothesis and then come up with a real experiment that actually tests your hypothesis. So um, something that's fair, something that's not going to favor the new technique that you're trying to do because you're inherently biased to it, right? Yep, yep. You need to know that you're actually solving the problem uh, instead of uh, kind of qualitatively saying, oh, this should be better. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Geez, I, I searched a bunch of times. It felt great. Everybody else yeah. told me I was smart. And so uh, here's <laughs> what we'll use from now on. So, yes, sure. finding finding some way to get out of that bias. Um, I, I wanted to move into search as well um, and, and talk a little bit about a search for you folks, I suppose we might call a subset of sort of uh, natural language processing. I'm interested in, number one, how you folks are leveraging search at Mattermark now. And number two... Um, where you see search sort of broadly applicable in business. I think many people, when they think search, they think Amazon recommendations and they, they think, uh, you know, Google's 10 links. And, and for the most part, uh, you know, smaller businesses, maybe outside the valleys more, uh, you know, common than in, may not associate search as something kind of critical for their company. But I'm interested in what you guys are doing and where you see us or the application areas. Right. Um, search, obviously, is kind of like a big deal for us. We're organizing information yep, yep. and we're organizing information about like a million and a half companies. So for someone to find something or find a set of things that they're looking for and it's like some uh, niche topic, like if I search artificial intelligence, I should get a good list of companies that are in artificial intelligence, right? Yep, yep. Um, and so that's important to our customers. Like that, that's how they can easily explore the space of businesses, uh, and without that, it would be uh, kind of difficult, uh, user experience-wise. Yep. So, so for us, that's that's the main thing. How to how to look for companies through concepts. Yep. And, but and, uh, yep. you know, yeah, you're right. Like a lot of people will probably think like companies like Amazon, where you can search your products, or companies like Google. Well, Google made web search. Uh, the big, like, I mean, Yahoo and Nintendo and a lot of companies had web search before, but, you know, Google made it uh, as, like, the first powerful web search. Yep, yep. Uh, And then, uh, you know, you have search within a lot of things. Like, if you put up a blog, uh, WordPress will probably have some default search, right? And uh, because you can type in some phrase and it will just look for the phrase. Exactly, the exact WordPress. phrase, yep. Right. Um, and that's, like, your kind of standard search nowadays, uh, but it's not quite what people are looking for. I get really frustrated in Google Docs uh, that Google Docs has just simple search in the same way that WordPress would have. Um, and, you know, it's built by the greatest search company in the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I can't type in a concept and search my own documents, which is ridiculous oh, to me. That, but that is Huh? Now that well, now that you think about it, I, I'll I have some gripes about that now too. I didn't I didn't I didn't <laughs> until you said that, but now that you phrase it that way, I've had the same frustration. You know, two hundred times a month. Um, right. So interesting. Okay. Um, and so, if you think about smaller companies, they have a lot of data themselves that are serving their customers, or maybe they have their own data um, that they you know have internal tools tooling 
for people to use inside the company. Uh, and essentially, if if they're giving the standard search, like Elasticsearch, to people, it's probably not anywhere near as good as what people are used to now from Google. Yeah. So, like, if you if you if you have an e-commerce company, right, and I I type in uh, long sleeves shirts or something, I'm on Zappos, right, yep. and if I type long sleeves shirts, and somehow the shirts are phrased in a different way in its description, and it's not bringing up the right thing for me, I I'm gonna get annoyed. Yep. Same thing like Instacart when I try type in like um, grass fed beef, uh, and and it doesn't show me the grass-fed ribeye because it, the word just Beef didn't show up. Beef is not in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that stuff bothers me, right? So um, all these companies that are providing a way for people to find something could do with better search. Interesting. Now, uh, to, to wrap up, uh, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this, just because I know we're limited on time here. But, but sure. you bring up a great point about sort of the ubiquitousness of search. Um, you're obviously pretty well dialed into this. If you're, you're, you know, you're knuckling down and sort of weighing yourself in some regard as to your your search results and thinking about this space. So you you probably notice those prickles sooner <laughs> sooner than most. But I think most people do. If they don't, right. if the ribeye doesn't show up, they're like, are you serious? Like, what do I like? Do I have to type it in eight times with all the beef related right. words to just get the damn beef? Like, you know, is is there no you know, they don't even have kind of an underlying tag, never mind some sort of conceptual web, uh, right. you know, to, to, to parse this stuff together. Um, right. Do you think in the future, uh, or, or maybe you already see it, um, that better search, a deeper kind of conceptual uh, search will be able to emerge for things like, let's say, Google Docs? I mean, Google, I'm, I'm sure if they put their minds to it, would, would be able to have that rather shortly. So they should uh, get some picket signs out on that one. But um, you know, for smaller companies, are are there are solutions being developed where um, whether it's internal documents, whether it's something on a blog, uh, whether it's other sort of sortable information, you know, um, maybe folks without PhDs would be able to move themselves closer to better search. You know, Instacart and otherwise could show the darn ribeyes. Is other than you know, you guys are working kind of like, hey, this new method of of paragraph sort of. Uh, uh, you know, th this new paragraph method was developed and we're going to go experiment with it. Do you think it'll become more commercial, more sort of broad scale, like Elasticsearch maybe did to some degree? Right. Um, I honestly think so. I think that it's, well, you know, let's, Elasticsearch's problem is, uh, well, not problem. Elasticsearch's solution uh, is rather simple. So it's been easy to kind of deploy everywhere yep, like everyone yep. can use it yeah yeah uh this maybe needs more tweaking based on the domain right like for when we're doing it for companies that needed tweaking um and obviously like a real machine learning someone who's really familiar with machine learning and natural language processing have to build it but i think that something like elastic search but more powerful conceptual search that can be deployed by anyone can be available in the next few years and I think, um, yeah, that can that can really help people organize their own information better. Yeah, in, in their company or if their customers are searching for things like you mentioned, there's kind of two sides of it. Even if you're not a, a matter mark whose, whose business is predicated on the findability of important information, um, you do have to find information to hold meetings. 
you do have to find information to hunt down the right customers. And I think if, if better search was ubiquitous, I think everybody could move a little bit quicker, just like everybody moved a little bit quicker on Google than Yahoo, however many right. years ago. And, and right. uh, that, that story played itself out. Um, so, okay, useful thoughts to chew on. Uh, Samir, that's literally all the time that we had, but I am glad that you were on here with us to be able to share your perspectives on the Tech Emergence podcast. Thanks for being here, brother. Thanks so much, Dan. It was great talking to you. Well, that wraps up today's episode here on the Tech Emergence podcast, and thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to stay in touch with our latest interviews with C-level executives, top researchers, and thinkers in the domains of AI and the intersection of technology and intelligence, then make sure to subscribe here on iTunes or visit us on our main website at techemergence.com where you can see all of our interviews broken down by category as well as articles, news, market research, and trends in artificial intelligence. If you found this episode particularly thought-provoking, feel free to leave your thoughts in a review here on iTunes or you can feel free to reach out to us at our main website. Thanks as always for tuning in and I'll catch you next week.